everyone and welcome to a best of episode of What She Said. I'm Christine Bentley with Kate Wheeler and today's show is brought to you by Roar Publishing from concept to content. We really hope you had a very merry Christmas and are enjoying the holidays. Well we hope we are too because we aren't actually here (laughs) but we've put together a great weekend of some of our favorite interviews from over the past year for you this afternoon. Starting with Denise Donlan, who is almost a household name in this country. She's a big trailblazer in the music biz and is definitely fearless as possible under the circumstances. That's the name of her memoir that reflects on her time at major media organi- organizations such as CBC, Sony Music, and of course, Much Music. We also have 14-year-old Canadian teen blogger, motivational speaker, and social activist Hannah Alper, who tells us about her first book called Momentous Small Acts, Big Change, that explores the lives of the social activists who have inspired her and the significant impact they are making on our world. Inspirational speaker Kam Shuka tells us about surviving the Ugandan Civil War and how she became a warrior... And comedian Kathy Jones, along with Dr. Vivian Brown, remind us about the importance of vaginal health in menopause, and they have tips on how women can start the conversation with their health care provider. And if Kathy Jones is involved, it's going to be dangerous, uh, <laughs> dangerous ground. We're treading there. Christine? Film critic Ann Brody talks to Al Gore about his movie, an inconvenient sequel, Truth to Power, which was released 10 years after the original. And we're featuring Heather Bambrick's performance of I Only Have Eyes for You in our live studio sessions. She's a Juno-nominated vocalist, voice actor, broadcaster, and educator, and has worked with some of the best in the business. We want to thank you for tuning in today. And hey, tell us what you're doing for New Year's Eve tomorrow night. You can tweet us at What She Said Talk. And don't forget, you can always watch full interviews on WhatSheSaidTalk.com. Brand new episodes will be returning next weekend. But for now, we hope you love the best of What She Said, because we will be right back right here on 105.9 The Region. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. And your sense of humor fades away to your dream of well, she's a broadcaster, a feminist, a social activist, a member of the Order of Canada, and so much more. And right now, she is dancing to her husband's music. You know her name. Please welcome Denise Donlan to What She Said. Oh, it's a thrill to be here. Thanks. We, and we are very happy to have you here. Now, I, your career has been phenomenal um, over the years. You've done so many things. But you just wrote a memoir, which a lot of people, including us, are really excited about. Um, it's called Fearless as Possible 
under the circumstances. <laughs> it's a wonderful title. Our musicologist, Eric Alper, told us it's one of the greatest books he ever read. So, wow, that's high praise indeed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, so why did you want to write this? A lot well, of work. I'm just a girl that can't say no. I was asked, <laughs> I guess. Um, and I thought, yeah, maybe this is a good time. I turned 60 this year. and um, Congratulations. Thank you. Still on, on the right side of the green. And... Um, I thought, man, maybe I'll get all these celebrity stories down before they fall out of my ears. And But the more I started to actually write, the more I realized that it wasn't just about name dropping and bruising everyone's toes. It was really th- more thematic. It was, mm-hmm. you know, leadership and humanitarianism and philanthropy and feminism. And so these themes started to emerge through the book. And, um, you know, the, the career path has been, there's been a lot of, you know, jigs and jags along the road. But... I just wanted to share, I think, and what it became evident was the stories that I really cared about sharing were the ones where I I was learning something or I could share something or that were really funny and made me laugh. (laughs) Um, And at the end of the day, I thought it was going to be for my son in case he ever wanted to find out what happened on that white snake slided in tour 1984. Oh, oh, we we definitely want to know. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that one. But ultimately, I thought it's probably for more for young women who, uh, mm-hmm. you know, who maybe want a career in the Canadian cultural industries. Well, the book covers some of the biggest moments in your career. Mm. Um, let's go back to the beginning. How Once did you get started? <laughs> I got started because I was going to the University of Waterloo and um, I was in an environmental studies, tree hugging, you know, her suit, activist, wild eyed idealist. But I was also a musician, I thought, right? So I did mm-hmm. a couple of really bad gigs at the grad <laughs> club, like butchering Joni Mitchell and John Prine songs, and realized that I wasn't going to be, you know, in front of the microphone. And uh, when the students uh, wanted a, a, someone to book the concerts at the water at University of Waterloo, I applied and uh, got the job and started promoting concerts. And that's really how the whole thing started. Love working with musicians and uh and uh, just went from there, just learned it all on the spot. And then came Rock Flash News. And then came Rock Flash. So I went to Vancouver and I was working with Feldman and Associates and Sam ma- manages, you know, James Taylor and Diana Krall, et cetera. But at the time, it was Doug and the Slugs and Headpins mm-hmm. and Trooper. <laughs> and um, yeah, so when Much Music launched, uh, they were sending a camera across the road. I'd like to say cameras, but it was only ever one person. <laughs> videographer. And, uh, officially yeah, videographer, now, right? exactly. Not even a camera person and a host and I was trying to get my acts on their air and um, Jeannie Becker was leaving Rock Flash to go and host fashion television Mm -hmm. and uh, they brought me across the country and I went on air with my you know my lisp and my bad hair and and uh, did my best to, to learn what it was like to be on 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 air personality. Um, Okay so you describe and I know because we started there in the same year um it as bedlam. It was bedlam at, at city. So how did you? How long did it take you to acclimatize to it? Well, you have to. You know, they throw you in the deep end. Really, <laughs> somebody, Jonathan Gross at the Star said, uh, "On-air training is like careening out of a pulse vehicle and getting thrown in a shoulder road on the on the side of the street." And it was like that. I mean, the place was. I remember about 20 years later, David Bowie, I was talking to him backstage at the MMVAs and we had a great meeting. And as I was leaving, I overheard him say to one of his people saying, this this place is chaos. It, it seems to be run by children. <laughs> well, it was. And it was like that. And there, yeah, we were all just making it up as we went along. Yeah. 
And then mm-hmm. you ended up at Sony. What mm-hmm. made you decide to do that? Well, so, so I'd been at Much and Chum for about 16 years at that point, and I went from Rock Flash to producing and co-hosting the new music and then vice president general manager of Much, and we launched Much More Music. And we were about to launch another bunch of great new digital channels, and Sony Music literally headhunted me. And I thought, wow, I, you know, when the um, artists come to much music, they were already kind of fully formed. They had videos, they had records mm-hmm. out. And I thought, wouldn't it be exciting to actually have A, a budget, and B, be able to find and nurture and celebrate new artists, mm-hmm. you know, find them from the ground up and, mm-hmm. and be a part of their career that way. So, it was fantastic. I said yes, and off I went. And the next thing you know, the bottom fell out of the record industry. So. Yeah. <laughs> but you, again, you moved to CBC, radio mm-hmm. um, executive director, yep. right, in, in 2008. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you were let go from Yeah, I was there. restructured at restructured. CBC Radio. Yeah. Were you angry? I was. I carried my hurt around like Jacob Marley's chains for far too long. Yeah, I was. I was angry. Um, because I felt I was doing a great job and I felt that I was championing small stations and investigative journalism and the things that the public broadcaster should be doing. And they do it well in many cases. But, um, yeah, I was, uh, I was restructured and very unhappy about it. But I still champion the public broadcaster even so. Um, but And you say in the book you learn to focus on gratitude mm-hmm. instead. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we hear more and more. Or a lot of the guests we have on talk about mm-hmm. how important it is to be grateful How did you learn to do that? Well, I realized that my hurt wasn't serving me, right? And I could hear myself in conversations with friends about how angry I was. Mm -hmm. And it's just not the right way to live. Um, You got to get past it. You have to realize, okay, what did I learn from that experience? I mean, even writing the book, I had three things that I would write. First of all, the ass will not kick itself when I was feeling unmotivated. <laughs> and then I switched it to kindness, kindness, kindness when I was feeling vengeful. Right. And then at the end, the phrase was faster, funnier, Donlin, when I thought, oh, my God, I can't write 1,200, bo- 1200 pages. Somehow we have to shorten this up and get it out there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you have to learn to be grateful because, you know, even the even the valleys um, will teach you things. And at the end of the day, the thing that made me most happy in any of those careers, and they were positions of pretty big authority Mm -hmm. and power, were, you know, how do you use your powers for good? How do you somehow find a way to do your job as a businesswoman, meet the bottom line, be an efficient manager and an inspiring leader, and at the same time, leave the world, hopefully, or your small space in it, a more positive place? Now, you do touch on some of the unfortunate lows of being a woman in the industry, which we have all experienced. Uh, What was perhaps one of the most frustrating things you had to deal with? I think the lack of mentorship in the record industry from women. There were lots of great mentored men, Rick Davis, who was head of Sony International, or John Martin at Much Music. But at Sony, I was the only female president of a country. And I would be going to the international meetings. And as I said, it was a time when the industry was under fire, illegal downloading. It was just pulled the rug out from the industry. So I was A, trying to learn the business, and B, every six weeks I'd be at an international meeting surrounded by all of the heads of other companies who were all men. And 
you know, people would say, did you lean in? Denise, are you leaning in? Mm -hmm. I was leaning in so far my feet were off the ground. (laughs) But there were no women mentors. You know, there were other um, high-powered women in the business, but it was very competitive. Mm -hmm. And asking them to mentor you would have been like asking them to help you tie your shoes. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't done. So you had to work harder. You had to study more. You had to do, you know, what they say about Ginger Rogers. You had to dance you have to do everything Fred Astaire did. You just have to do it backwards, backwards and, and in high yeah. heels. Exactly. Is there anything you would change? Um, I think I would encourage women to be more uh, helpful, more embracing of other collaborative. women. Collaborative. More collaborative. It's a perfect word. Thank you. Um, I think that it only enhances you. Um, and, you know, it makes your team better. It makes your business environment better when you encourage women because guess what you give women a leg up and they will change the world they'll make it better and uh, and that goes for ceos and board positions and politics and all of it the book is fearless as possible under the circumstances and it's available everywhere everywhere yeah, absolutely everywhere um and it's it's a it's a fabulous read i haven't quite finished it yet but i'm just <laughs> i have started um one interview that stands out for you oh, over the rest? Oh, so many, so many. I mean, one of the fun things, I mean, I'm told the book is, well, Alan Doyle calls it wickedly funny, which I thought was brilliant because I tried to make it entertaining, um, was going into labor in the middle of a Cowboy Junkies Intimate Interactive. <laughs> literally, literally, my water broke as I walked in the front door 15 minutes live to air and there was nobody else to do it. So the contraction started during the show. <gasps> And with there the you softest go. band in the world, right? It couldn't have been Metallica. <laughs> oh, <laughs> only you. Only you. Thank you so much for joining us today. So my pleasure. Thanks for having me. This is what she said. Stay with us. <laughs> Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com TC or call 416-340-7270. Everyone needs an edge to compete. At the Chang School of Continuing Education at Ryerson University, our courses and programs will equip you with skills that are in demand in today's workplace. Enroll now at the Chang School at Ryerson University, where ambition meets professionalism. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. Fear of missing out? FOMO flies out the door when you listen to Lena. Who knew? I hope everyone will know by the end of this segment. Every time you come in, you have such great news to share with us. Oh, thank you. I love sharing great news. Yes, I want everyone to know about it because it is such a great cause. I almost had tears in my eyes. Yeah. It is phenomenal. OMG. OMG. Join What She Said Weekends and find out what lifestyle blogger Lena Almeida is loving. Oh, 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 oh,
Welcome back. Joining us once again is Canadian teen blogger, motivational speaker, social activist, Hannah Alper, who has released her first book called Momentous Small Acts, Big Change at just 14 years old. Welcome back to What She Said. Thank you so much for having me. I was on this show when I was really, really young, so it's really cool to be back here. <laughs> really, really young. You're 14 now. You started yes. blogging oh, at nine. Yes. Oh, I know. It blogging was amazing. Blogging at, at nine, but now you are a published author. How? To, actually, I know how it felt when you saw the books because I watched your dad's periscope go yeah. up and you were blown away when you saw that it was books. very surreal because it's all of the hard work that I had put into it and my family and I had put into it really just adding up and so it was so cool and surreal see just really seeing it come together and come to life well the book explores the lives of the social activists who have inspired you and the significant impact they are actually making on our world yeah why did you want to write this book well, I think it's in just another really amazing outlet for me to share what I'm passionate about. I mean, like you said, I started my blog when I was nine years old out of my love for the environment. And it's really just kept growing in my passions. And this is just such a great outlet for me to share what I'm passionate about in my messages. And I'm so excited to see what people do to make a difference right after they read the book. Well, it's called Momentous, Small Acts, Big Change. Yes. So um, I've read the book and, and I understand that it's just, it's the little things. It's the little things. And I mean, it really grew out of the idea that anyone can make the world a better place. No matter your age, where you live, how much money you have, you can make a difference. And it also grew out of the idea that it's the small things that add up to big change. The little tangible things that we do add up to make a big difference. And we have to do all of this together. We can't do it alone. So tell us. Who was the first person who inspired you at eight or nine or yeah. whenever you wrote your first blog? Who, yes. who, what was it, who was it that mm -hmm. you said, I can say something? Well, it's Severn Suzuki, who is David Suzuki's daughter. And I didn't know that she was David Suzuki's daughter. And don't get me wrong, David Suzuki is obviously so inspiring. But her daughter, personally, is more inspiring to me because um, my mom showed me a Facebook video of this Dove campaign called Women That Should Be Famous. And one of those women was Severin Suzuki. She, at four years old, she launched her own uh, club about the environment and about animals. And by that time, I was just starting to discover about the damage to the environment and how it affects the animals. And it was amazing seeing her and watching this video because she has she's one of the biggest environmentalists and one of the biggest Canadian environmentalists. And at 13, 12 years old, she spoke at the United Nations. And when I saw that and I had seen how much she was doing at such a young age, I was so inspired. And this was in 1995, but I was so inspired by her and everything that she was doing. And I looked at her and her speaking, and I asked my mom, do you think that I can do that? Do you think that I can speak and people will listen? And my mom said yes. And so I think that, that that was, she's really my biggest role model, or my first role model. And I'm really happy that I got to feature Severn as the first person in, in my book, because it's very fitting, because she was my first role model and it motivated me to go into public speaking. So out of the 19 exclusive interviews that you conducted with activists, celebrities, youth yeah. changemakers, one of them, of course, Nobel Peace Prize winner Malala Yousafzai, which one would you say has of the interview subjects has had the most impact on you overall 
every single role model that I featured, they are my role models, are so incredible and have created such big change. But the ones that I really relate to the most are the youth that I featured in my book because I relate to them. Mm-hmm. I featured this uh, girl named Vivian Har, who at eight years old, uh, she was so passionate about child labor that she decided to do a lemonade stand for 365 days to get kids out of child labor. Now you might think, oh, it's a lemonade stand, it's not gonna work. But in fact, in six months, she raised over $100,000 to get kids out of child labor. And by the time those 365 days were up, she got over 500 kids out of child labor. And so it's kids like her and people that I interviewed, like Malala, who's also a youth, Mm -hmm. who just kept reinforcing that motto that anyone can make a difference and that no matter how young you are, you can make a huge difference in the world. And I loved interviewing the young people. I think that I just really connected with them. And it was so cool talking to these people because they inspire me. What were some of the other topics uh, that that your yeah. the people you wrote about were passionate about? Yeah, so I featured issues like anti-bullying, poverty, education, clean water, indigenous rights and truth and reconciliation is something that I really wanted to focus on. And I got one of my friends who is an indigenous rights activist to talk about that. So many different issues that really that really are hoping I'm hoping that will educate people that will educate readers about these issues and see it from my view and see it from these from my role models view. So who who would you say the book is for? Is it for everyone? It's for everyone. It's for all ages and I I really believe that it's set up for all ages and it's for people who want to make a difference, for people who are looking to but don't know how or people that want that are already making a difference and want to take that next step on their journey. And I'm really really excited to see what people do after they read the book to make a difference. And how, how are yeah. you going to find out? Did you do social media, them? social media, yeah. social media, hashtag momentous. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I've been like looking and seeing people buying the book. So I'm really excited to see what people do after they, after they read it. So Hannah, for anyone listening, you are in terms of social justice, you are very precocious as yeah. are many of the, of the people who have inspired you. But Somebody who's older, who has not really turned their mind to it, could they could they do something? Would would something that they say today make a difference? Or is it too late? Something that an adult says? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're never too young or too old to make a difference. Like it doesn't matter your age, you can make a difference in the world. Uh, there are so many activists that are of all ages. Craig Kielberger, he's he's a great example. He started when he um, the We organization when he was 12 years old. Now he's in his 30s and he is still going so strong and is one of the most successful charities in Canada. But what if you're 50 and you've never done anything? Well, then you can still you can still do something. I think raising awareness about an issue is something that's so important. Raising money is also like don't donating your money. But not just that, but donating your time mm-hmm. or your voice to causes is so important. And you can do that with any age, whether you're five or 50. It doesn't matter because it can. you can make a difference in so many ways, no matter how old you are. Hannah, when you, um, what grade are you in now, nine? I'm in grade nine, yeah, so, high school. But you didn't always have a great time with your peers at no. high school. No, last year, last year I didn't. Uh, people were sort of negatively judging every uh, my activism and what I was doing, and it sucked because this is something that I really love to do, and I didn't like the people weren't didn't like what I was doing because I 
was doing something that not a lot of my peers were doing, which was different. And a lot of they people were didn't envious because like you were in the spotlight kind of thing? Um, I really don't know. I think so. But I'm really happy that now there's this like positive environment all around me. And I just sort of tried to surround myself with positive people. So you're so busy. How, how are you? I mean, school. <laughs> it's, hard. And, it's really hard. And everything is hard. And yeah, and I'm not very good with number with numbers. And so, you know, I have science this semester. And so it's definitely really difficult. But I really believe that my, my biggest champions besides my parents have been my teachers, because whenever I've asked them, so I'm going to be away tomorrow. Is, is this OK? I'm going to be doing this. Is that OK? And they always say yes, because they understand how important this is for me and for the world. And they're just so great. They're they're so gracious. And I, I love them. Do you what? still want to be a journalist? Yes, I would love <laughs> I I discovered that like maybe a year and a half ago or something. I started watching the West Wing, the, not the West Wing. Well, I do watch the West Wing, but the newsroom, which is the, oh, the show. The newsroom was yeah. a great show. Yeah, yeah, about broadcasting or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and I just saw how busy it was. And I decided I want to do that with my life. Well, what what's next for you in the shorter term? <laughs> yeah, um, well, high school. Um, yeah. High school is something that I'm definitely focusing on. And I'm really, I'm really excited because there's so many different people in high school with different interests. And so I love it. Uh, we Day, I'm doing We Day right now. And it's so much fun. And I love meeting youth from all across North America who are making a difference and changing the world. I love about We, we Day is you can't buy a ticket. You have to earn it, right? You, you earn it through service. And it's like, it's this big community of young people who are passionate about creating change. Honestly, whenever I see the young people and whenever I meet them, I just feel constantly inspired by all the energy that they have to make a difference. Well, if you're meeting young people, what are we? <laughs> She's 14. <laughs> and there's so many adults that are making a difference. And I love meeting them too, like you guys. Okay, this is called, the book is called Momentous, Small Acts, Big Change. It is Hannah's voice. Is It's a call to action. And it is, she's at that Hannah Alper yes, on all social media. And the hashtag to tell Hannah, let you. Let her know what you've done once you've read the book and the little change you make is just hashtag moment us. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. This is what she said. Stay with us. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? to a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com tc or call 416-340-7270. 
Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. <laughs> Want to know more about the music and the musicians you love? Today we're talking about five bands that have been at it for a very long time. The entire album was recorded over three weekend sessions for a cost of $6,000. Whenever I do an impression of Bob Dylan, that's the only line that I do. Tangle up in blue. That's, that's it. And you that's, do it. That's very all I do. Well. I can't do it again. Do it again. Tangle up in blue. <laughs> what that Eric Alper knows will spin your head Sundays on What She Said Talk. I'd like to teach the world to sing Welcome back to What She Said. We are here with film critic Anne Brody, who has brought us a very special interview with Al Gore about his documentary and inconvenient sequel, Truth to Power. So what was it like meeting Al Gore? Oh, what a man. He is so passionate, so involved, so smart. And, you know, he gets riled up. And I love to see that in someone who believes in what they're doing so much in the future of our world, basically. And you get the feeling that he that he's the the man of who will make it happen. Unfortunately, he said he couldn't get Donald Trump to come on board at all. He did speak to him. But mm. what a kind, thoughtful, compassionate person. Just amazing. Uh, you know, he's so charismatic. He won't do, do politics again, though. This is his mission. All right. Well, let's take a listen to the interview. Mr. Gore, 10 years later, you're back with a sequel to An Inconvenient Truth. And I wonder, on balance, how our progress has been in the past 10 years? We've made a lot of progress. Uh, actually, there have been two big changes in the last decade. One is the climate-related extreme events have gotten worse and they're more frequent. But the other big change is that now we have the solutions. Electricity from solar and wind is getting cheaper than electricity from fossil fuels and soon will be cheaper everywhere in the world. The batteries that extend our ability to use it are now coming down in price also, and electric vehicles are beginning to be offered by every manufacturer. So we have the solutions now. We need the political will, but political will is a, a renewable resource. <laughs> and in the Paris Agreement, every country in the world just about joined in, and um, Canada played a major role in helping to secure that agreement, by the way. Uh, do you think the, the, the U.S. withdrawing from the Paris Accord will really have a major effect? I mean, it'll be a short effect. I'm not sure how long this administration will last. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, tell me the truth. Well, we have the old saying, from your lips to God's ears. But uh, moving right along, I, I tried my best to convince Donald Trump to come to his senses, but uh, he didn't. And when he made his announcement, I was worried that other countries might also pull out and use him as an excuse. But the entire rest of the world redoubled its commitment as if they were saying, we'll show you, Donald Trump. And, and in my country, the governors and mayors and business leaders have stepped up to fill the gap. And they're going to meet the commitments of the U.S. regardless of Donald Trump. 
you know, there's there is so much going on in this film. We see your your victories and a few disappointments, and you're you're really open with your emotions about that. Yeah, you know, and I like to see that. It just it's powerful and it's galvanizing. Oh well, thank you very much. People come out of this movie. I'm happy to say, uh, very, very hopeful, because with all of the dangers and all of the risks, it's obvious that we can solve this now. We've just got to make up our minds to do it. You know, you open with um, horrendous melting and breaking away of the ice field in Greenland, and you've got uh, people saying how wrong you are in voiceover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you feel such conflicting emotions. There's anger and yeah, I was crying. It was just horrible. It, it evokes a lot of emotions, for sure. And I really want people to see this movie. I hope they'll go to the website, inconveniencesequel.com. You can get advance tickets there for when it opens here in Canada, August 4th. And what about the book? Is that available here? Yes, it's going to be available on the very same day. Uh, same title, An Inconvenient Sequel, Truth to Power. And we're urging people to use their voices, learn about it, and then win the conversations on climate. Use your votes and tell the candidates and office holders how important this is to you. Use your choices in the marketplace, for example, and send a signal to business that they need to get on side, as many of them already are. And I want to thank you for your efforts, and please don't stop. We are joined by a woman passionate to bring change and impact others with her story as a war child survivor. We welcome Toronto author, speaker, and life coach Kamshuka to what she said. Thank you for having me. Now, you've written a book called Becoming a Warrior, and you've survived many things in your life. Mm -hmm. But what we just found out as you sat down is we may well have been in the same place <laughs> at the same time. You... Um, are a survivor of the Ugandan Civil War. That's right. And I helped what became Medicine Sans Frontiers with children that were fleeing into Su into southern Sudan from Uganda. Amazing. At the time. So who knows? <laughs> Maybe our paths have crossed before. It's always like that, isn't it? It is. So um, like, tell us about that experience and what led you to write this Becoming Warrior. It's um, it's it's almost one of those things that is slightly hard to talk about, and I've spoken about it so many times now. It's getting easier, but just going back to that time frame, and because you know what was exactly happening, and the destruction, the military, the gunfire, uh, being a four-year-old in that, and being a well observant four-year-old aware of what's going on um i was that child in the middle of that civil war and having been born to a ugandan father and an anglo-indian mother so my mom actually left the country not having a, a ugandan passport she was okay to leave and so was my father myself and my brother and what sticks out to me, especially in my memories of those years, were the three days that we stayed in this little washroom. And you know what those mm -hmm. washrooms look like. Uh, for three days and three nights, just barricaded by mattress and cardboard, just trying to hide from the military in our house and um, not knowing if you'll come out alive or, you know, what it was. Uh, hearing the sounds of the footsteps, hearing the gunfire, hearing the screams, and the sounds of children and women 
um, those are sounds that have stayed with me. But, but you believe that women are warriors and mm-hmm. not victims of their life. Absolutely. What made you feel that? Well, I think we all stand in the same boat when we think of our lives as women, even men. But we all have life happening to us. All of us have something that happens to our life, to ourselves, that is traumatic. For some, it's war. And for others, it's mental wars. And if we continue living our lives like we are victims of our lives, like life is just happening to us all the time, at which point do we rise up and say, I can't let this happen anymore? When do we get to the point when we take charge and say, no, I've had enough. I'm ready to make life different. How do you take charge, though? There are some situations where it's pretty difficult. Absolutely. For myself, um, having gone through so many different things, even after, um, it was the hardest thing to change my mindset because it, for me, my battles were in my, everything was in my mind and not only were they just memories, but they were real. And so it had to begin with my mindset, changing the way I was thinking, the way I approached life, the way I stopped seeing myself as just a victim, just here, no purpose, no reason, just, you know, not here for anyone. The day I decided to take charge of my life was the day I decided that I was going to live not just for myself. It was going to be the story I would tell others to help them through their life, through their journey. Um, It didn't happen overnight. (laughs) It was something that um, took years for me to get into. And even to this day, I wake up every day and I choose to live. I choose life. That's the biggest victory I've got out of all of this was the choice I can make now for myself. But also your role modeling for your children. Absolutely. And that's a huge reason. I have four beautiful children, 13, 11, 5, and 3. And I have to wake up every day and choose life because if I don't choose life, what do they have to hold on to if I didn't even choose when I could choose for myself. So definitely have to be that role model. I want them to see that life will happen. Things happen all the time. But what we do with what happens to us makes the world a difference. Where can people find you online to get your book? Uh, my name, Kamshika. If you Googled Kamshika, easily found uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all under Kamshika. I kept it real simple. <laughs> Kamshika.com. We may well. have to spell it. Do you want to yes, spell it? <laughs> definitely. K-A-M-S-H-U-K-A. Kamshuka.com. That's easy. And I also have becomingwarrior.com. Becomingwarrior.com. Yes. And uh, you, photography, another one of your passions yes. too. In fact, you were a recipient of the 2014 Black Canadian Best Photographer Award. Yes. Uh, still part of your life? Absolutely. It's, it was my outlet. It was my way to express. In fact, it was my way of discovering the rest of the world and realizing that although life is crazy, there's so many beautiful people in this world. And uh, traveling with my camera made that just stand out to me. Well, thank you very much for joining us tonight and inspiring us to unleash our warrior queen inside. <laughs> yes. Are you ready, Christine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you. This is what she said. Stay with us. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? 
to a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com TC or call 416-340-7270. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. Feeding the family got you frantic? As feeding two teenage boys, I mean, at the end of the week, that's all I really want to do is save some money on my groceries. Is your fridge ever actually full? Oh, my, no. <laughs> I think I'm the only person that comes to a radio interview with a cooler. Not only was it so much fun, but it was super easy. And even my kids, when we cut into it last night, they even looked at it and they were like, Mom, you made this? I think you can do this in your sleep. Wholesome, on-budget fixes from foodie Charmaine Broughton on What She Said Talk. Joining us is Canadian comedian and actor Kathy Jones. Welcome. And Dr. Vivian Brown, assistant professor at the University of Toronto, president of the Federation of Medical Women of Canada. And you two are here to get a quote-unquote vocal about vaginas. Yes. yes. What do we need to be talking about <laughs> yes, here? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, Kathy. Uh, well, um, you know, we're, we're specifically talking about the, uh, the menopausal and postmenopausal vagina and um, you know the um, the uh, the state of the tissues at, at menopause, and, the, and a thing that people don't talk to their doctors enough about, and, and women are reticent to talk about, and and doctors are not bringing up enough with with women is that there is a you know very efficient kind of uh, wonderful sort of low dose, low mess kind of estri- local estrogen that can be applied to the to the you know mm-hmm. directly into the vagina, which is a great kind of alternative to you know. Uh, uh, you know, completely flooding yourself with uh, with uh, you know hormones, and basically you can keep the tissues of the vagina healthy as you go through the rest of your life. So, so why did you get involved? Well, like, why is this a passion for you? Well, it's always been a passion of mine to you know to keep things healthy and to sort of be ready to go and sort of keep you know. I, I, plus, you have. As you, everybody, there's no one that doesn't have some UTIs, some something going on. Mm-hmm. As we go up as women, as we grow up, we, we start with yeast infections and different things that we have. And then over the years, you know, things are changing and you're thinking, what's going to happen now? What, you know, how am I going to keep enjoying sex when I'm older? How am I going to keep from feeling like aches and pains and, you know, feeling uh, not well? And not feeling connected with my life, you know. And um, so I'm. I was. I as soon as they mentioned this to me, I was like, 
I, I love that because I've, you know, it's something I'm really passionate about. I'm, among my friends, I'm a person who says, oh, you know, keep it going, keep it on the go. You know? <laughs> so, so, Dr. Brown, explain to us why women are so reticent to talk to their doctors about this. Well, just to put it into perspective, Kate, I, I think what happens is a lot of women think, oh, it's only me. Mm-hmm. And they think if the doctor doesn't bring it up, can't be so important. And the doctor thinks if the patient doesn't bring it up, can't be so important. And so often this gets lost in the shuffle. But, you know, women in Canada are now living a third of their life in menopause, a third of their life after age 50, 55. And so realistically, this increasing dryness, irritation, discomfort related to lack of estrogen is something that most women will experience as time goes on. And I do a lot of work with menopausal women and in terms of women's health. And I think one of the things that we all think about is, oh, if I just give it a little bit of time, it'll get better. And that's true with hot flashes and night sweats. You know, women experience a lot of symptoms around menopause, Mm -hmm. but it gets better with age. This is one symptom that does not get better with age. It slowly gets worse. And so I applaud Kathy for speaking about vaginal health and being such a champion for women's health, because really what this is all about is trying to open the lines of communication so that women feel a little bit more comfortable talking to their friends, talking to their partners, talking to their doctors. Mm-hmm. Well, we're all told as we age women now that we need to stay active, we right. need to work out, we need, and we need, we just had somebody tell us we need to have more sex. And yet a lot of women are probably not because of this. Well, it hurts sometimes. I That's mean, right. It hurts, right? And, and, and what I've learned is that the beginning, you, you, sometimes you don't realize that you're, you think, oh, I know that with, with less estrogen comes thinning of the tissues. Mm-hmm. So you think, but I'm doing okay. And, and I'm using these lubes and you know, things like Learn that. But actually what lube, happens, yeah. and, and Dr. Brown said it yesterday, that these things actually don't address the problem, which is that Lack of estrogen in the area is going to cause the tissues to become thinner. And then you've got the bladder and your genital urinary, all of that stuff is there. And so you want to support that whole system. And the healthier the tissues are there, you know, locally, then you get a, a, a health benefit throughout. And I think that people are like, that is why we're trying to kind of like promote the, the communication about it because of all the things. That's the one thing. It's like, oh, yeah, sure, that's a great idea, but I don't feel like it. It hurts. All of those things come up for women in their 50s mm-hmm. and, and 60s, etc. And I think that, uh, that you know, I, when, I, when I was talking to the, the, the client about this, about doing this promotion, I said, oh, I use this product. And they said, oh, that's, that's the product we're talking about. It's like a, a, a no-mess kind of like tablet that's insertable that just basically keeps the tissues healthy. And so you just feel like so much better in everyday that may be the life. That's the one I use. What's it? You yeah. can say, say the We can say the you name. Say it's the called Vagifem. Yeah, that's what yeah. I use. Yeah. So, and it goes in a couple of times a week, a week and you yeah. don't know, and yeah. it's all good. And it's not, and then you don't have the concern, as you said before, about estrogen everywhere. Right. Um, right. But, so, so, Kate, what's really important is that for women in Canada, there's a number of choices. Yes. The tablet is one choice. It's used about twice a week. Mm-hmm. There's vaginal creams uh, with estrogen that's used about twice a week. And then there's a ring which is put in and left in the vagina for three months at a time. That ring leaks out small amounts of estrogen. So for some people, and I have in my practice a number of elderly women that have a hard time putting anything in or reaching or, mm-hmm. or handling yes. themselves – 
It's something that I can put in for them, leave them for three months, and then they come back to get that changed. The bottom line, though, is using a local estrogen vaginally is very different in terms of risk and side effects compared to taking an oral estrogen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that women need to feel reassured when they're using a local estrogen that for the vast majority of women, very little is absorbed into the system, and so it's considered very safe. Yeah. Since we're doing an ABC on this, when would this typically start for women? Is it the same? Does it necessarily involve menopause? Could it be perimenopausal women? Because women, as you say, don't talk about it. There's that stigma, that taboo. Well, you know, Christine, some women even get this around pregnancy right after delivery where the hormone levels have changed and you may feel very uncomfortable. Um, So it can happen whenever there's an estrogen withdrawal. So that can happen at different times in your life, most commonly around perimenopause and into menopause. And what we're now doing is we're treating women with the lowest possible dose of hormones when we treat systemically. So even if you're on hormone therapy, you may still need a vaginal hormone because instead of going higher with systemic hormones or the Mm -hmm. oral hormones, the ones that do get into your bloodstream, we'd rather keep that at a low dose and give you a local estrogen. So you can you can tell by the temperature in the room that at least one person. <laughs> yes, that's what Dr. Brown was saying that the, the the estrogen that you take can help yeah. with hot flashes and everything, but it may not. You don't want to take it to such an extent that it actually does. So you, taking it locally, putting estrogen in locally is really a good uh, option. Okay, so so we're talking about it, and I, I'm sitting opposite you um, and not hearing you make jokes. Right. I mean, we, we, we do make lots of jokes about hot flashes right, and mood right. swings, all this. Why is this subject taboo, and are you going to do a skit on it? Well, I do, I, do, I do talk about this in my one-woman show that I'm just touring right now. Uh, I do talk about, you know, like keeping things going and how women, women do this thing of wearing you know, very funny looking glasses. So glasses that say, you know, move along. There's nothing to care. Excuse me. But, you know, it's like, uh, but, but, you know, like it, I really connected with it when I, when I thought, oh, this is, this is good. You guys are going to get people talking about it because I have so many friends. Like, you know, like say last time I went for a pap smear, I couldn't even handle, you know, people say they don't know how they're going to go back into sex if they've been without somebody or if they don't know, they don't want to have sex because, you know, like, so there's a lot of conversations about that with your friends. And, and Dr. Brown says that, you know, basically there's a, there's a point you can go to as you go along mm-hmm. where it's going to get worse and there's going to be less flexibility in the vagina. Exactly. There's going to be less health, you know, and so you're going to have, it's going to be harder to come back to a place right. where you'd be comfortable, you know? Exactly right, Kathy. If there's less elasticity in the mm-hmm. tissue, then it's not completely reversible if you wait too long to start on something, which is why I think this is the time to have a conversation with your doctor. And I, I just want to tell you about a study that we did and. Canada was a participant in this study. I was published about two years ago, where we didn't we didn't just only look at the woman. We also looked at the effect on her partner, mm-hmm. and what the effect was was decreased self esteem, feelings of rejection. You know, when a woman is very uncomfortable and wants nothing to do with uh, with relations, with intimacy with her partner, it affects everybody in the relationship. And so we're encouraging people to talk about this. And mm-hmm. you know, treatment is not for everybody, and someone may feel that they're not a candidate, and that's fine. Um, But I think this really is designed to bring up the conversation, just the way we now talk about erectile dysfunction relatively easily on the six o'clock news at any time of the day. Oh, yes, so excited. We should be jumping all over the place because our 
You know, yeah. our VJs are working. Yeah. I, I, I was just going to say, I think there are a whole lot of men that are going to be really happy this conversation exactly. started. And maybe they're not going to read the articles or listen to it, but you know, they're going to get the result. Exactly. Right? <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for coming in and starting the conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. This is what she said. Stay with us. remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com TC or call 416-340-7270. Everyone needs an edge to compete. At the Chang School of Continuing Education at Ryerson University, our courses and programs will equip you with skills that are in demand in today's workplace. Enroll now at the Chang School at Ryerson University, where ambition meets professionalism. Saturday night at the movies. Saturday night at the movies? Don't know what picture to see? And Brody's got you covered. Did you like the film? Uh, no. Oh, we didn't. <laughs> okay. Well, that no. does I love your honesty. <laughs> Films about paranoia, I think they do us a lot of good. Because it's not happening to us. <laughs> I took your mom, Romy, who loves a good film. We laughed our socks off. I was so bored watching it. <laughs> a film critic who shoots straight from the hip. Saturdays on What She Said Talk. It's my place where dreams are born and time is never planned. Just think of lovely things. What you are listening to is a song called Never Never Land by the very talented vocalist, voice actor, broadcaster, educator, a woman who's been wearing many hats for many years, Heather Bambrick. Welcome to What She Said. Good to be here. Hello. Also, we want to welcome uh, guitarist Rob Pilch. Thank you. Now, your latest solo recording, You'll Never Know, which we just heard a little bit from, was nominated for Vocal Jazz Album of the Year this year at the Junos. And you also just finished up two shows with the uh, TSO at Roy Thompson Hall. How was that? Exhilarating and nerve-wracking and exciting and everything else that goes along with it. Um, I mean, it was a real honor. You know, it was a celebration of Canada's 150. So we had this sesquicentennial concert that we were doing featuring all Canadian composers and or arrangers. Mm -hmm. Um, And everything from classics to, you know, uh, Joni Mitchell and Leonard Cohen. So we had everything in between. And Rob and I got a chance to sort of do what we do as a little uh, a little feature. We gave the orchestra a break. So that was it was it was a really nice taste of, you know, what could be experienced at one of these shows. Now, all those hats that we've talked about are all rooted in music. Is, is music your first love? 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, growing up in Newfoundland, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of everywhere. You, you have no choice but to be involved in music because it'll pop up in the middle of a kitchen party. And that's the truth. I've, I've gone home for Christmas and, you know, we're having dinner at my friend's house and in between servings as everyone's filling up their plates, she'll pop over on the piano, which is in her kitchen, you know, and all of a sudden, haul out the holly and everybody's singing. And <laughs> it's, it's, it seems cliche, but it's true. So. You know, I, I grew up surrounded by it, and then when I moved to Toronto, I, I did move here to to go to U of T. So I'm I'm really blessed that I can make a living doing things that are mainly musically based. So what's it like being an artist and playing other artists? It's a challenge, actually, because it's even Rob and I were talking about doing it for the TSO show. You know how how strictly should we stick to what Joni was doing in Big Yellow Taxi when we play it? Um, it's it's a fun challenge to be able to put your own spin on somebody else's stuff. I mean, when we do our own things, that's one thing. We know how we want to do it. But it's it's a chance to do, you know, something written by Shirley Eichhardt or Joni Mitchell and say, okay, this is my rendition of it. Now, you're going to be at the TD Toronto Jazz Festival on June 23rd and 24th at the Homesmith Bar at the Old Mill Toronto. Where pe- where can people connect with you online to find out all these details? Uh, if they go to heatherbambrick.ca, we're doing uh, actually, I think, six shows all together at the Jazz Festival this year. So four at the Homesmith and then a couple with the Brian Barlow Big Band. So it's uh, it's going to be busy for the next two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, good luck. Thank you. Now, that is the end of our show, but we will be back next weekend. So be sure to follow us on social media at what she said talk and now performing I only have eyes for you here is Heather Bambrick are the stars out tonight I can't tell if it's cloudy or bright cause I only have eyes for you dear the moon may be high, but I can't see a thing in the sky, cause I only have eyes for you. I don't know if we're in a garden, or on a crowded avenue. So am I Maybe millions of people go by But they all disappear From view And I only have eyes For you
your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.